the first verse talks about the sheep gate right at the top there. And as you read through the chapter, if you read it with a map in front of you, it works its way anti-clockwise, um, describing all the parts of the wall and all the gates and the towers um, as you go around the city till we come back all the way around to the sheep gate again in verse 31. So it's kind of, kind of cool to have that picture. Okay, so let's first consider um, who is working on the wall. Now, as you saw from the first five verses, there were all sorts of people. And we're going to find that there are um, leaders and ordinary people. There are actually men and women. There are people of all sorts of skills and trades. There, there are the expected and the unexpected. So let's work through the chapter. My clicking is not working. Cheryl, can we have the next? Okay. So in verse 1 that I've already read, um, we find that the high priest and the fellow priests are working on building the wall. Now, they were leading by example, and they weren't afraid to stuck, get stuck in into the work. And it seems by the number of times that the priests uh, mentioned that they were kind of leading and organizing the work on the wall. And the building of the wall seemed to be um, as much a spiritual task as a physical one. So although the priests aren't builders by trade, obviously, we should accept, expect to kind of see them planning, preparing, and leading the work. And they definitely lead by example. Cool. Um, in verse 5 that I've already read, um, we came across some people that were not working. It says that the men of Tekoa were fixing a section of the wall, but that their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. It seems like they kind of thought they were too good for this work, maybe too proud, and I kind of imagine them standing around like these old guys watching, um, maybe grumbling a bit about some of the pressure to get working when they didn't want to. Um, but in fact, the everyday men of Tekoa are mentioned again in verse 27, and they worked on not just one section, but two sections of the wall. So the common people from Tekoa were doing double duty, but the nobles were shirking their responsibilities. So don't be like the nobles of Tekoa. And these nobles are the only people mentioned in the chapter that we're told are not working. So who else was there? Well, if you've got your Bible open, scroll down to verse 7. And there we find that there's a guy called Uziel, who is a goldsmith, and he's repairing a section of the wall. And there's another guy called Hananiah, who is a perfume maker. And there are more goldsmiths mentioned in verses 31 and 32 later on in the chapter as well. Now, I imagine these guys are way more used to like detailed, fine work with specialised tools and equipment and materials, and maybe their hands are, are quite um, smooth um, and soft from, from real craftsman-type work. You know, and the perfumer, he's used to a, a nice-smelling workplace, I imagine. But now for the good of the community, they are just getting stuck in. Um, they are working with big slabs of rock or wood and timber and heavy tools, and maybe they're finding that they're getting some calluses and blisters that they're not used to using hammers and chisels and carrying heavy loads. And the perfumer, I imagine, is experiencing some not-so-fun smells of um, dust and sweat, but here they are, stuck in, helping anyway. And women, well, just in, in case you think it's just the men out there doing hard work, take a look at verse 12. There's a guy called Shalem, 
and he's repairing a section of the wall with the help of his daughters, so go daughters. Um, now we're not generally through the chapter told how enthusiastically the people are working or how hard they're working, but one person gets a special mention if you jump down to verse 20, and it says a guy called Barak is zealously repairing his section of the wall kind of makes me picture in my mind someone working furiously fast and really passionately um, while everyone around him is just kind of steadily plodding on. You know, it must have been kind of quite noticeable how passionate he was about his work and enthusiastic for him to get a special mention, don't you think? Um, in verse 26, we're told that temple servants are working alongside their city dwellers. And in verse 29, um, it tells us that one of the guards on the, of the gates is working on a section too. And there are other people um, working in family groups and community groups and in groups of people that usually do the same job. And um, yeah, and then in verse 32, it tells us that there are some city merchants and they're working on a section of the wall as well. And they would also not be used to this hard physical work either, right? Um, they'd be more used to the marketplace and buying and selling produce and animals and maybe soft goods, but they're out helping too. So maybe, maybe they're getting some blisters and calluses that they're not used to. And note that not once in this whole building project is it ever mentioned that there is a builder working on the wall. So when I thought about um, this, I thought, well, what I learned from who is working on the wall is that when it comes to this work on the wall, everyone doing their part is valuable when it comes to serving God. Everyone doing their part is valuable when it comes to serving God. Now, remember that um, this city wall repair, I think, is as much a spiritual act of restoration as a physical one. The city of Jerusalem is Israel's capital city. It's the place where God had requested the temple be built and where it had been rebuilt after the exile. And importantly, the temple is where God said his presence would dwell. Um, Jerusalem is also described as the city that the Lord had chosen out of all Israel um, in which he would put his name. So in a spiritual sense, Israel is God's dwelling place. But today, we, as God's people and as believers, we are the place where God dwells because he indwells us. And as a church, the church is the people. Um, so us as a community and a gathering of people at church is also a place where God dwells, not the building, people, remember. So when it comes to working together um, at church, each person has their part that they're working on. You know, some people have bigger things that they're working on than others, but all the parts are needed and all the parts are valuable. And everyone contributes to the health and the growth of the whole church. And you know, sometimes it's awesome. You get to help and contribute um, in an area that seems just right for you. And maybe it's a real good fit with your giftings and your skills, but you know, other times we just have to get stuck in, don't we, and um, do the things that need to be done, even if it's not something we might usually do. Some people, as they work alongside you in church, are really enthusiastic about what they're doing. They're zealous and passionate and excited, and that's so encouraging to the rest of us, right? And it gets noticed. 
And others of you, you're just consistent, hard workers. You're steady and you're dependable and you work away at what you do. And you know what? That gets noticed too. And that is really encouraging for everyone. Some lead by example and others are naturally team players. Everyone doing their part is valuable when it comes to serving God. Every worker is valuable. God's work takes everyone doing their part. And there's real value in diversity and the different things that we each bring into God's family. Sometimes we, as I said, we serve in the areas of our gifts and skills, and sometimes we just need to get stuck in where the greatest need is. So I guess my questions for you this morning would be, what gifts and skills do you have that you could contribute to serving God here at Agora, or just more widely in the church community or in God's family? And where do you see a need instead, maybe, where you could just get stuck in and help out, even if it's not something that you would usually see yourself doing? You know, if a jewellery maker can work on building a wall, then you and I can get stuck in and and help where it's needed, can't we? Um, I saw recently, just this week, how valuable everyone is in a situation where I've been supporting someone this week. Um, It's a crisis situation and um, many people from a church in another city um, have been helping from their church community. You know, there were people praying, people praying here and people praying there, and they were all really valuable. There were people bringing meals to this situation, and they were really valuable. There was a person just helping out, filling in some forms for some support agencies, and that was really valuable. There was someone that came and picked up washing just to take it away and deal with that, that was so valuable. There were people encouraging. Um, There were those that helped out with the kids. There was other people that were visiting someone else um, that was in hospital. Everyone was valuable that was doing their part, even if some people thought their part was just a little bit. It was actually really beautiful and humbling to watch that church community in action on behalf of people that I care about. I mean, they thought of everything. Someone even came and took a pet away to care for it so that this the rest of them didn't need to. Um, yeah, so that was, that was really beautiful. Um, so we've had a look at who worked on the wall. Now let's consider how they were working on the wall. Let's take a look at those first five verses again. And I've um, underlined some phrases. So just going to skip to the next one. Um, in those first five verses even, it starts to get a bit repetitive, but in the whole chapter, the phrases next to him next to them, adjoining this, the next section, beside him, working opposite, beyond them, and particularly those first phrases, next to him, next to them, they get repeated over and over again, nearly 30 times, um, one phrase or another, depending which um, version you're reading, uh, pops up in the 32 verses. Um, It it talks about the building of the wall, so-and-so did this, and next to them, so-and-so did that, and next to them, etc., etc., because there were teams and families and communities and individuals and they were all putting in effort and time. They worked together side by side. And they did that work to build up and restore what was broken. They each did their own part to bring the whole project together. They used their different skills in different places where it was needed, side by side. And later in chapter four, we're told that the people worked with all their heart. You know, when I think of 
the broken walls of Jerusalem um, symbolically, I think about broken things in people's lives. Broken health, broken relationships, broken behaviours, um, and especially people whose relationship with God is broken. And perhaps if they've known him but have turned away from him and their life and actions have caused more brokenness in their lives. You know, maybe you feel like that's been you at times in your life, or maybe you feel like you're in a bit of a broken place right now. But we can picture this work of fixing the broken walls to represent for us in a spiritual sense um, when we as individuals or as a church community choose to partner with God in working for God's purposes and God's kingdom, when we choose to build up, to restore and to protect where God dwells, which is his people, right? So sometimes it's ourselves we have to work on, and sometimes we support others. And when we think of building and restoring walls in this story, we can think of building and restoring spiritual life, both individually and in community, building strength and unity. We don't want any breaches or divisions in our walls personally or amongst one another. And we want our relationship with God to be strong and protected. However, just like the Jewish people, we and I don't always um, live fully for God. I don't always protect my relationship with him. You know, our spiritual life can get broken down and enemies like hardship, worldly influences, worries and apathy can steal our joy. They can steal our hope and our peace and our certainty and our closeness with God. These are all broken walls in our lives. You know, in this chapter, the people worked next to one another. They were alongside. They were close by. They were helping. They were together. They were near. They were beside. You know, we are all, every human being is made in God's image. And God is a God of community and unity and relationship. So that's how we also function best as individuals, as part of a community, and as believers, as a community of believers. So what I learned from rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem is that when restoring and building up and protecting our relationship with God and with one another, is that strength in God's community looks like working side by side. Strength in God's community looks like working side by side. Now, when you pull a truth like this from a story, um, it's really important to just make sure it, it all aligns with what the whole Bible says, right? So I'm sure that you can think of some passages um, as well, but what came to mind for me was the one another's in the New Testament. And a quick Google tells me that there are about 59 one another phrases or, or instructions in the New Testament. And just a few of them are love one another. That one's repeated 12 times, so it's got to be important, right? Be devoted to one another in love. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Carry each other's burdens. Encourage each other. That's repeated as well. Each one should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. You know, and I just love those verses that Janine read to us earlier as well from Ecclesiastes and Philippians in, in the reading they all sound like working side by side to me. Um, so how does this look in practice? 
Well, I'll just give you a few examples. Earlier um, this year, for me, a family member had a broken situation going on in their life that was, that was pretty big and they needed some help and support. And Simon and I were helping and supporting them, but it was actually getting a bit big for us as well. So I reached out to a friend here at Agora that has knowledge and skills in that particular area to get some advice. And this friend not only gave advice, um, she encouraged us that we were on the right track, advised us um, how we could help sort this problem out, and spent time using her particular skills in this um, situation, and came to a really important meeting with us to share her knowledge. And it really made a difference to the situation and the outcome for us and our family member. She worked beside us and helped us fix that broken situation and I'm sure it worked out to a much better degree than it would have if we'd struggled along on our own. Um, another example, as I mentioned um, before, another person in another city um, has been in crisis recently and being side by side with, with that person has looked quite different because they're far away. So for me, it's been keeping in touch by, um, by phone and by messaging and sometimes um, and that's been hour by hour just checking in, are you safe, are you okay? This last week it's looked like jumping in a plane to be with them for a few days. And you know what, while I have been trying to be alongside that person, others have been alongside me encouraging, praying and checking in. And it's made all the difference to be able to, be, to keep going. Another example um, is a friend who doesn't know Jesus yet, a friend of mine who I used to work with many years ago, who recently has needed some help. And being side by side with her has just been lending some practical help and actually lending some of Simon's skills because she's now on her own. We have strength together when we work side by side. Now I've been kind of thinking about how um, it feels like we're in a bit of a season of rebuilding as a church here at Agora, but it's not just us, right? It's, it's churches across the city, across the country, across the world, after seasons of having to be apart due to restrictions. Um, you know, it's been a good few months now that we've all been back together, but the rebuilding and the strengthening feels like it's still a bit ongoing, right? Do you, do you agree with that? So maybe you've noticed some gaps here too, and that's where we need to work on strengthening. Where or really who are the gaps that we haven't seen lately? Is there a way that you can be side by side with that person or with the family to help build them up? So I guess my questions for you are who is next to you? Take another sneaky look down your row right now. <laughs> there are some people beside you, even if you have to look way across to the next block. <laughs> um, there's some people beside you. Maybe you could be side by side with them this morning. Maybe it's just by asking how they really are today. You know, maybe you don't know them and it can be just by being a friendly face and introducing yourself. Maybe there's someone next to you as you study or work this week who you can come alongside. Maybe there's someone who's actually next to you at home that just needs to know that you support them. Maybe there's someone that you're in a position to be next to for support and care, even though they're physically far away. Technology is amazing. We can be side by side while far away. Maybe you can just encourage um, those that you serve alongside in ministry. And who, who are you doing life with from Agora outside of Sunday morning? Because strength in God's community looks like working side by side. 
So that's the that's the who and the how. And you know, there's lots of other really interesting stuff in this chapter that we don't have time for this morning. Um, but maybe take a look for yourselves um, later on and see what other treasure that you can find. But to finish up, so in chapter three, this wall building project is going really well in chapter three. Everyone's working hard, apart from those few people. <laughs> They're going great guns, right? But just so you know, by the end of, of um, this wee segment in chapter three, they're not even up to half the height of rebuilding the wall yet with all the efforts. And just before chapter three, we read that there was some opposition to the work brewing. So I don't know about you, but getting started on a new project can be exciting and energizing. It's easy to envisage what it's gonna look like when it's all finished. Um, and it's great to get stuck in, right? Enthusiasm is high, but keeping going till the end can be tough, right? Yep, seeing some nods. So if you're thinking, yes, I agree with that, we'll make sure you're here next week um, to see how that goes for this wall building project because I think you're going to get some help in, in knowing how to keep going when the going gets tough. But for today, for chapter three, um, what I hope that you will remember is that everyone doing their part is valuable when it comes to serving God and that strength in God's community looks like working side by side. So again, I want to ask, who is next to you? Let me pray. Lord God, how precious that um, you find every single person valuable and that in your family, your community of believers, we're all valuable in what we bring to your community and to what we bring to one another. Lord God, thank you that, um, that you made us in your image and as image bearers, we need community, we need one another, Lord. And so I thank you that we have opportunity to be side by side with one another in um, building up and restoring and protecting, Lord God. And so I just pray for those um, here today that might be feeling like there's something that's a bit broken and that they need um, some help with that. They need someone side by side. Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow as a community in being side by side one another in helping, um, serving and restoring one another in love um, as we trust you for the work to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hey, we're going to... Um